This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching, so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Welcome to Behind the Influence, a production of iHeartRadio and TDC Media. And it's like we came in like bulls in a china shop and we're like, we're messes! Like my main takeaway is I have no regrets. I loved what I've learned and done for the last decade. Like, I think the show would have gotten canceled if you hadn't have offered to edit. Probably. We were consistently, I think for a few months, got over 125,000 subscribers a month, which like, that's, that's it. insane. That's, that's but we totally were getting almost of. 100 million views a month. Guys, today's going to be a goodie, not only because the story of how Clever became a household name is so interesting, it's the most interesting of tales, but also the two people sitting across from me are two of my favorite people on planet Earth, and this is not a joke. Lily Marston and Jocelyn Davis, we're so happy to have you guys here at iHeart. We're so happy to be here. I'm actually curious to hear what you guys think when you hear the term influencer. It kind of makes me like throw up a little bit in my own mouth. <laughs> mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think if you get down to the core of what an influencer actually is, it's acceptable and awesome and really cool. And we've been able to build businesses and careers and lives based on that word. So when used appropriately, I think it's a great term. I think there's two definitions that come to mind. One is like people that make money from posting stuff on the internet. That's like very surface level. Don't think past that. It's just like, oh, must be nice. But then the other half of it is like building a brand that you actually have influence on whoever's watching. So I feel like it is a positive thing if you look at it in that sense. But if you look at it as like people that go on reality shows to get famous so they can make money selling things that they don't care about, maybe not. People do that. (gasps) But like, for example, I look at Barack Obama and I'm like, he He's a major influencer on digital and in every other we're way possible. Co-workers. So we're basically <laughs> just like him, minus everything. <laughs> no, but I think anyone that has people invested in what they're saying, regardless of what that is, because not all influence is good. Anyone that has an impact over a certain group of people, I would consider an influencer. And you guys definitely fall under that category. And as much as I'm sure you were influencers as toddlers at home, I feel like both of you probably made some power moves. Totally. I think. I think Clever was a huge springboard for that. So we're going to focus on how that came to be and how both of you were a part of this huge franchise that everybody knows and has heard of. So let's take it 
back to the early days. Lily wasn't quite what born Lily yet. was in I high school. <laughs> I, don't, I truly don't think she was born what, yet. Sometimes what year did you start? We started in 2008. Were you in high school? I you graduated were... in 2008 from high yeah. school. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. graduating high school and at this juncture, Jocelyn's getting a phone call about a possible opportunity or how did that work so out for I you? So I went on an audition and interestingly enough, by this point, I was working pretty steadily as a host already, which was my goal to be a reporter, a host, a producer, writer, all of the things. So I was working pretty steadily and I think I even had an agent at that point. So I was going on like legit auditions, but as the universe says the heavens would make it be for some reason, your girl went on Craigslist (laughs) and decided to go to an audition for clever from Craigslist. Not sus at all. And I went on Craigslist back in the day. It didn't feel as sus until it's super sus. Until the lifetime movie came out. And then I was like, (laughs) what was I thinking at the time? YouTube really was barely a thing. There was no partner program. There was no premium content. No one was advertising. You couldn't make money. And I went on the audition. They wanted me to like produce something for the audition, which I thought was really cool. And I booked the job. And that was over a decade ago. Can I tell you what the first video is? Yes. she did? What was it? How how do you? Yes. I made like a 10 minutes. Yes. Clever 10 years and 10 minutes thing. So I had to do a lot of research. It's a movie trailer roundup. Gosh, it was probably like Sex and the City 1. I want to say one of them was Phone Booth. I don't even remember what that is. I don't is. even remember who's in it. I think it's like Chris Evans maybe and he like if the phone rings and then it's like a hostage I don't know. Interesting. But it's her Aww. like very dramatically going through a bunch of trailers. They don't actually show the trailers. She just talks about them. Oh. <laughs> riveting content, Tatiana. But also riveting, riveting studio space. So back in that day, <laughs> you know, we were really truly living that startup life. And I think what's so interesting about so many aspects and layers of Clever is that I think it feels so cool and it is and so glamorous, which it's definitely not behind the scenes. In those early years, we had two things. We would rent a studio once a week to trick celebrity guests into thinking we had a studio when we actually rented it at GoTV. And we would rent a studio there once a week. And then every other day for the rest of the week, we were shooting inside of one of the founder's garage in West Covina, no air conditioning. We would have to take breaks during the summer because I was like so sweaty and disgusting. And on Fridays specifically, we had to wrap shooting before 9 a.m. because that's when the lawn maintenance team came and we couldn't (laughs) shoot for sound. So we shot in that garage, I want to say, for two years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was glam. And the founders, George and Mike, they were filming and editing it all themselves. Mm -hmm. That is a true startup. So doing that for two years with no ad dollars, there's no such thing as a partner program. What is keeping you going every day? Well, at that point, I was still technically freelancing for Clever. So I was working at other places because, you know, we all got to pay our bills and live our lives. And truthfully, I was making very little money at Clever. But being someone who's really into new media and has been since the beginning, I knew from probably the first few months that this was going to be a thing. And when YouTube launched the partner program, we were one of the first channels allowed into the partner program, which meant that even though we were making peanuts, we were able to monetize our content earlier than most people. So we were just really trying to scale the business by producing, I want to say 20 videos a day in an effort to just stay afloat. Our overhead was so low. The founders were not taking any paycheck. I was getting paid like very little money, but I was also bartending at Outback Steakhouse delicious shout out to the blooming onion love you so much onion eventually when the opportunity came to really take the business to the next level as monetization started to become something slightly more lucrative that was when i became a part of the actual business had equity in the company 
And that's when we went all in balls to the walls, like hired a staff and it was high stakes. It was one of those things where it's like, Jocelyn, if you don't make enough Twilight videos about or whatever this week, or if the Jonas Brother video doesn't really, you know, kill it, we probably have to fire someone. And that was a real thing. That's a lot of pressure. It was pressure, but it was so so fun. We really had the best company culture. And that's like, that's when I met you. Yeah. In the lobby at Clever. A couple of years later, you kind of paved the path for us. Well, I was going to say, they even, they really found out. At first, they were doing like movie trailer roundups on like everything. And it was kind of just, let's see what people will watch. Then they started doing this young Hollywood stuff because no one was covering it yet. So they're covering Twilight and Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber and all these people that are actually watching YouTube at the same you have time, to too. Think that 10 to 15 years ago, the Entertainment Tonight's of the world. They were absolutely not covering teenagers. They were covering the Brad Pitts and the George Clooney's and the Julia Roberts and people that were more traditional Hollywood celebrities. First off, there were no internet celebrities, so no one was covering that. And secondly, no one was talking about like the Hannah Montanas of the world. That is where we found our audience, where they were living, which was on the internet. And they were so hungry for this content. And then we just dove head in and really found a strong niche and a strong audience with that younger demographic. Was that something that was strategic or was that something that was something that you were personally interested in? You and Dana, because Dana was Absolutely was not interested in iCarly at the time when I was 26 years old. You were very believable. (laughs) I was interested and still remain interested in the fact that people want to consume this content. That's what I get excited about is there's an audience for this. There are people that are passionate about this. I want to give them something. I want to serve something up for them. I want to be their conduit between Robert Pattinson and the girl in Ohio watching us on her bedroom. That's what excites me and always has. Back in the day... I didn't even know who most of these people were, quite frankly. I had to, like, figure out what is Sweet Life on Deck on Disney Channel. Who is Justin Bieber? What is a Hannah Montana? I was like, I don't know what any of this is. It really paid off because we found a really, like, strong, dedicated audience. And now when you look at what's on TV, it's all millennial content, all teenagers, all young people. Well, when you think of who has time to watch hours and hours of content that's the age group so it makes sense so and then after they do that i don't remember the exact specifics i still was not there at this time i just know but had you heard of clever at this point oh no i was um at asu having a great time not watching youtube (laughs) (laughs) But um, I know that then YouTube had approached them to do more channels and they wanted to include them in this hundred channel initiative. So they gave them money to invest in it. And that's when they started Clever Movies, which you were on. No, no, no. Clever Movies was already there. It was Clever Style, Clever News and Clever TV. Well, they did do trailer roundups for the first video. So that makes sense that that would have already existed. But it it wasn't full force Clever Movies. It was once in a while a junket here or like a Comic-Con. But then then they start uploading trailers and stuff, too, which you can't do in anymore but clever would make money monetizing trailers. oh clever movies i remember most of my numbers i was so grateful for trailers mm-hmm. because i got so many numbers just from trailers mm-hmm. do you remember when one video went viral at that point whatever viral meant there's a handful of videos in those early years i think hannah montana's hoedown throwdown video mm. really killed it for us Riveting. i think that has millions of views The moment in time that I really have to credit for Clever finding its voice is that Twilight era 
honestly, if there was anything involving anything having to do with Twilight, if there were people camping in downtown LA, if there was a concert with the people from the soundtrack, if there was a chance I maybe would see Kristen Stewart from across the street, I was there. There I were stories there. about them like getting haircuts. Robert Pattinson getting a haircut oh, where yes. it's like a trim. Mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson <laughs> eats at Subway. Yeah. What did he get on his sandwich? There was a Justin Bieber eats at Subway. Sorry, that's not There was. Joke. We had to be strategic at that time. And I think I would argue that Clever still is very strategic because it was never a huge media company. The concept that we had the money and the resources to do things on the level of what you were seeing on TV at the time, we had negative 1% of the funding that most TV shows did. So do you want to keep our staff? Well, then let's be strategic and try to be smart. And when we got that $100 million investment, we got three channels. YouTube invested $100 million in 100 new channels, and we were given the opportunity to launch three channels. And if you look at now, many years later, what channels still exist, I would say that there's very few and three of them are clever channels because we were doing things from a business perspective so strategically because we just didn't have any other choice, honestly. So it worked out. Lily, you were a huge, huge part of Clever Style, but you didn't know that when you first came in to interview for this job. Actually, you were like looking to be a graphic designer. You're really talented. You walk in, you're applying to be an intern at this company. How had you even heard of Clever? So I graduated from Arizona State in 2012 and then moved home because I didn't want to live in Arizona anymore because it's hot. I moved home, but like halfway through my senior year at college, I had seen Deidre Behar, who was a host at Clever News at the time, who I went to high school with. She's a couple years older and she had posted that they need interns and I was like I'm gonna need an internship in a little bit I wasn't gonna do an internship in Arizona for something in the entertainment industry because it just didn't really feel like it was worth it to do summer internships you have to literally pay to do summer school but then you're working for free so I was like that seems counterproductive. So instead, I just didn't do anything and waited till I got home, then reached out and she was like, yeah, absolutely. Come in. Cut to interviewing with you. And you're like, you're hired. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just if you it want was a very, glimpse very of my life at that moment, Jocelyn's right when she says everybody, it was very scrappy. It was very startup. Everyone was doing a million jobs. In addition to our 10 videos that we had to post before 11 a.m. every morning, I got tasked with finding interns. And How I was like, I'm not happen? HR and I am not qualified for this. Literally just was like, oh my God, I don't even really know what they do here. Oh my God, I've seen all these people on the internet I just remember you walked into my office and you were so adorable and Deidre was like, oh, she went to high school with me and I just asked you three questions and then I was like, can you start Monday? And you're like, let me give you a tour around the office. (laughs) And I remember you brought her by my office and you're like, this is Lily. She just graduated from ASU and I looked and you did have a cute outfit on. She was so cute. I'm like, she's so adorable. She's probably going to suck. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to like hold. And then literally I was like, you're never leaving. So then I started and I was doing three days a week, but then still living at home because I had no money. So then I worked three days a week at the counter, the burger place, which love to eat at, don't love to work at. Mm. Three months went by and I was mainly only working with Jocelyn, Dana, and then Lisa, who was their content manager. And it was mainly only for Clever TV. Three months goes by and I'm like, so I don't go to school anymore. And it's um, been three months and I need something and they're like please hire her don't let her leave because they don't have anyone helping them at the time even as an intern I think I had started making thumbnails for them I had started updating the website and stuff so it was stuff that they just like didn't have people or just no manpower to do it very hard to find people who are base competency (laughs) I'm actually not kidding I'm totally serious I was doing anything super out of the ordinary and I would be like here you go and they'd be like (gasps) 
How do you do? I'm like, that's what you asked me to do. I'm well, like, I think also do? in the entertainment industry, I remember so many people trying to get jobs at Clever and all they wanted to do was just be on camera be and famous. not, they couldn't write, they couldn't produce, they couldn't do anything, but they wanted to be like Jocelyn and Dana on camera. That's probably where the shock came from. I didn't from. want to be on camera at all. That absolutely terrified me. Jocelyn asked, I think like first day, she's like, oh, so you want to be a host? I was like, oh no, no. And I always liked editing, but I did never really know if I wanted to pursue that as a job because to edit all day, every day is a lot. I'll learn more about producing and stuff. And then maybe I can edit a little on the side. And I didn't even think I really said anything about graphic design or Photoshop. So I started doing stuff and it was mostly writing. And I was basically an employee as an intern. And they were just getting a lot of free labor. But uh... highly illegal, especially now, by the way. <laughs> too late now. No one to sue. <laughs> um, but so then her and Dana very much vouch for me. And they're like, no, you can't let her leave. We need to hire her. Like, we need her help. We would have truly been lost. Because at that point, I was very much like doing stuff that was integral to the everyday. Like, and I was coming in more than three days a week just because also they were so passionate about it. So it, it was very contagious. I wanted to help them because I saw how hard they were working. And I'm like, oh, well, you shouldn't have to do that, too. Like, I don't have anything to do. And it was just fun because we were all friends. The energy at the office, when people hear, oh, I was working for free and doing all this stuff. Why? The energy there was great. Everyone's best friends. It's just it was a really good work environment. Maybe TMI, but I was going through like a big anxiety era. Phase, we'll say, era yeah, yeah. Her and Dana like couldn't have been more understanding about it. And they would just be like, do you need to go home? Do you need this? Do you need this? I'm like, thank you. So yeah. it was like support system first. Yes, you're getting work done, but like everyone's human and like everyone understood that if mm -hmm. you have stuff going on, like go take care of it. And 100%. I think about like today I was actually working on the guest list for my wedding. A solid, I want to say at least 30 to 40 people are from those early clever days. And that was very special. And I think that's why the business was successful because the culture was so good amongst all of us. As a woman, I'm so proud of what all of us did. And the fact that all of us are like real friends. I mean, we were at your baby shower just days ago. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah no, so I love that. That's that's the most special thing to me is that we've really created like a family. Well, and for know? me, I didn't watch YouTube and I definitely wasn't watching entertainment news on YouTube. So like I had seen Deidre post stuff. I knew what you guys did, but I like wasn't super invested. I remember doing like a deep dive and being like, well, I should do my research before I go in for the interview. Oh my, I don't even know what the kind of stuff you guys were doing. Really but basically, I stumbled upon a lot of videos where you guys were just like hanging out screwing around in the office and that was always like oh like i want to do our that. wish That's circle <laughs> i literally that was online I, don't, I should online. have been more creeped out than I was like, oh, I want to be a part of it. But I guess that speaks volumes. <laughs> okay, so Lils, you're doing all the things. You ask for a job, you get the yes, job. Yes, so then they don't have any money. So the oh. only money they have, oh, because I think maybe two weeks before, Clever sold to Alloy. So like, we did have a little more money at that point because we had finally sold the company. And it wasn't like one of these situations where if we don't do well enough in our videos, everyone gets fired. It was like we had like a little moment to breathe and get some more resources. I mean, not a ton, but that's how we got Lil. Well, they had started doing ad campaigns, especially because Alloy could bring those in because they had the previous relationships. So then Dana is handling all of those on top of doing everything else. They're doing so much at this point and having to go to carpets, do interviews, do junket stuff. That's not like, oh, let me do all my work and then like casually go. No, that's like two work days, basically. So then they're like, okay, so you've been doing great. We do want to hire you. The thing is, the only slot like we have to hire for is the ad campaign manager. I went to Arizona State and majored in film practices, which is some like that's not a real major. So I didn't learn. I like knew a lot about like beer. video and <laughs> lots about beer. As beer. Well. <laughs> no, but lots about video and stuff. Ad campaigns was not something I had any experience with. I don't think 
think you can go to school for that as much as at least the ad campaigns we were doing weren't super complicated. Do you want to do that? And like, I knew that Dana hated her life doing it, but like I needed a job and then I get to work with my friends. So I was like, yes, when, where do I sign? Let me, let me do it now. So it was for very, very minimal money. And then I started producing, I was assisting Dana for a while and then eventually transitioned into producing them myself. And that was a doozy. It's actually hilarious to think about like how good at her job Lily was in those early days with zero experience, zero training, zero understanding. But and like now, no like, one had experience because YouTube had just so started. So it's not like I was like. But you were managing like the whole entire money making portion of this business. And you were 22. It's amazing. I love that. <laughs> so for people who don't know what a YouTube ad campaign entails, what does They've that look like? They've evolved quite a bit over time. Now they don't make me want to like bang my head into a wall. But we were actually just talking yesterday, um, and we won't mention any brands, obviously. But there was something just involved with, I'm going to make another example that isn't the actual one. It would be like they're having a special event week where it's like to promote anti-bullying or something. I was going to say, like, so you have to, like, do, like, one eyelid a certain color, but I feel like that would look like a black eye and be bad. They were very much more like... It was like, you have to wear a purple scrunchie in your hair and then hop on one foot. And it was some kind of weird thing that, like, for kids, maybe that's okay, but her and Dana had to do an entire dedicated video just about that. Not only do people not necessarily want to watch that, but also then they're having to participate in it. And it's so not organic. No, No. that's what I was going to say. That's the major difference, and I think a stride that's been made in recent years is that... Branded content or stuff that is sponsored by a partner feels a little more natural. Like you're able to integrate it into what you're doing. Back in the day, it was like, hey, Clever, we're going to hire you to make 17 commercials. And that's literally what we would do. So no one wanted to really watch it. And it was a lot of work, very expensive to make. Rounds of approvals, scripts. Hey, you have to say this. And if you didn't say that, you have to redo it. And brands just didn't, they didn't understand the influence. So they're like, people watch them, they'll watch this. But it's like, you need to understand that you need to give them things that they're expecting, not like throw out this random stuff that's a commercial. We would go to red carpets and ask absurd questions to try to piece together these packages at the VMAs. We'd be like, do you wear glasses? Like the weirdest questions. And they'd be like, why are you asking me? And I was like, just curious. We think they're great. Like just the most random stuff ever. But again, we didn't have a choice. Like we needed to one also on staff. that. So I was like, still like having to do everything. But then the reason clever was doing well is it was really playing into the SEO of celebrities. Her and Dana uploading a video by themselves with no celebrity tie in was a little difficult. So basically my job was that I would get these RFPs emailed to me. I don't even know what RFP actually stands for, to be honest, anymore. Victoria's Googling it. (laughs) It's like, these are the bullet points of, like, everything you're going to need to do in it, and, like, this is the goal. Request for proposal. proposal. So it's like they're requesting your pitch for how you're going to incorporate their brand into the content. So I would try and incorporate it into existing content, but when existing content is mostly news stories, that's pretty much impossible. So we did have a few shows that you could do it, like Fashion Face Off would be sponsored by CoverGirl, or stuff that made sense. That makes sense. We didn't have the reach personality-wise to be able to get people to watch anything. You didn't have a lot of leeway with what you were going to say because the brand is like, no, we're paying you, you're doing it. Now... I'm sure if David Dobrik gets a brand deal and he's like, it would work better like this. They're like, whatever you want to say, it's fine. Because they understand his audience wants him to say what he would actually say. I love that. It took a long time to get to that place, though. 
And we're going to talk about, because I think a lot of people are confused about when a brand comes to you and how they come to you and all that stuff. We're going to fast forward just a little bit, but Clever was always relevant. Clever was always consistent. You guys had a really solid fan base engagement, but I feel like there was a moment in time where I remember I was working at deadline. And I remember all of a sudden everyone was talking about clever and clever was everywhere. And all the videos that you guys posted went viral. And I feel like a lot of it was beauty stuff. So yeah. what happened was, loosely. <laughs> very loosely. Yeah. so what happened was we were doing these ad campaigns and there was one that, um, like cover girl originally brought to us. I think Sally Hansen bought it at one point and a few different beauty brands. And it would be like how to get Selena Gomez is VMA makeup. Cause that's a perfect fit for an entertainment channel and then we can incorporate beauty but it was during the beauty guru phase so we would hire these beauty gurus but it's megan rinks was our beauty guru who now is absolutely she doesn't really know how to do makeup she <laughs> is good at her own makeup but she doesn't know how to recreate selena gomez's so she would do it i'm producing the show because it's an ad campaign she'd be like done and look at me and be like eh? and i'm like oh god I'm like, oh, <laughs> but so no one watched it because it wasn't good and then but brands bought it for a while and then eventually it was kind of like okay well it's not doing that well let's put it on clever style maybe it'll do well over there well it was at that point in time when beauty well beauty break now it was called, tutorial it was tuesday. called tutorial tuesday when the show with megan got moved to clever style it was truthfully to let it die like i know that for a fact because clever style was a dormant channel at the time it's where we just sent things to kind of let them fade off into the sunset <laughs> unless a brand wanted to sponsor it which was the game plan. And at that point in time, I remember Lily had been working for a while and we had gotten to know Megan and I was like, she's freaking hilarious. And this beauty business, like her trying to really do tutorials is kind of a waste of her time. And they made a few videos that really showcased her personality as well as Lily's personality from a producing perspective. And I remember us talking and I was like, Lil, no one's paying attention to this show. It's probably going to get canceled. Do whatever the hell you want. That's when the and show that's took off. And I went to our bosses. I was like, so like, you know how we're always telling people like we know what we're talking about? Plot twist, uh, we don't. So can we just stop lying and I can just like give us products to try and we just like give our reactions? And they're like, yeah, whatever, just, just go. Okay, thanks. And then I started editing it too because then I didn't have people that are used to editing these like very pristine beauty things. And we I'm like doing just, jump like, cuts. didn't have the budget and for it either. Like I think the show would have gotten canceled if you hadn't have offered to edit. Probably. They also took away our sound guy and we only had one camera person. Well, the so editing was comedic timing with your editing well, on that was the thing. Was it everything. wasn't even the, the editing itself. It was just... I was actually trying to produce it as more of a comedy show than a beauty show because one, I don't know anything about beauty and two, they were funny. So it was like her putting her and Megan together and then they wouldn't know how to do anything. So I would come in and be like, you're doing it wrong. Let me fix it. Do you remember the first time you were on camera? It was for a show. It was much earlier because yeah. there was no one available to be Because Megan got a nose job. It was, oh. yeah. Well, actually, well, there's that too. She was too. gone for a month. Um, Lily had to be in a video because Megan was recovering from her nose job for like a while. Prior to that, you had like popped into videos here and there. And also- Still nothing was doing that well though. So I also was more willing to do it because I'm like, no one's watching it anyway. You'll yeah. remember this too, Tatiana. The brand was so clean. We were like- sparkling clean and i remember the video that completely changed clever style was a video about weird ways to curl your hair which includes a was, lot of curling irons which you can imagine what they look like a lot of phallic <laughs> jokes is what we're saying and i can remember showing that video to our bosses we thought it was fine i thought it was edgy at the time now i have no barriers and they were like okay just go for it we'll see what happens we would verbally ask our bosses if we could include certain jokes and i'm like I don't know, but then I would edit it to show them and then they would be laughing so hard. And I'm like, you can't tell me we can't put that up if you're dying laughing. And they're like, 
Okay, fine. I don't remember how quickly it happened, but I remember there was like definitely a point in time when we were getting like 90,000 subscribers. We were consistently, I think for a few months, got over 125,000 subscribers a month, which like that's, that's it. insane. That's, that's but totally we were getting almost of. 100 million views a month. On a, a dying point. channel. On a channel that it literally- was dying. So it got revived from under 100,000 to a million in about six to eight months. Which and is so insane. it was kind of in the midst of that that Megan got her nose job, which is a whole other video <laughs> series on YouTube that's hilarious, which is an, another example of how a lot of people prior to this in the beauty community were so polished, so perfect, so put together. And it's like, we came in like bulls in a China shop and we're like, we're messes. You know, we're good at some things, but like we not all, a lot of this stuff, to well, be honest. And honestly, the thing we were good at is that we are friends and we were good at just bouncing off each other and having fun. So if we're having fun, it's hard to watch that. And if it's edited in a funny way to point out the ridiculous parts, like what's not to like, unless you just thought we were annoying, which I'm sure some people did. But honestly, it grew pretty organically after that. And it was a certain point where we're like, oh, wow, we don't need to use celebrities anymore to get people to click. People I, are watching yeah. to watch you guys. It was really unique. I remember no one really cared about us as people. And that was fine. But then to have this whole new opportunity, first off, to create a new kind of content. Then secondly, for people to really appreciate who we were as people was so cool. And I'll never forget, in the midst of all of this happening, Beauty Break, which was and still is the flagship show on Clever Style, was like blowing up. I went on Amazing Race. And when I left for Amazing Race, my influence on Instagram was I had 15,000 followers and I was so excited. I was gone for 21 days. And when I came back, I had, I think, 50,000 followers on Instagram because of this show that was like just sparking interest in us as people. And I feel like that's a quantifiable example. It was my personal Instagram. It had nothing to do with Clever. But because people were watching the show at such high volume, they started following us. And I remember I came home and I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, these were people who were coming from YouTube. Well, and the thing also that a lot of people are like, how'd you come up with that? It was not a revolutionary idea. It's literally us sitting trying things and then like breaking the fourth wall to be like, you're doing it wrong. You did like stop doing it like that. You guys are breaking everything. But the only other people really that were like notably like just kind of trying weird stuff because also I would just spend hours on Amazon buying the weirdest stuff I could find. But the only other person really doing that was like Graveyard Girl, who was like our icon at the time. Otherwise, it was all like makeup tutorials or people just doing the really like pristine, like my morning routine. And we were like, we're going to try ear candling. And Megan like literally has my like paper. like. And none of you are experts, which no, is the beauty. And I think all. the lesson in this is authenticity. People just really were drawn to you guys. And to Jocelyn's point, all of a sudden they want to get to know you on social media and not just through your YouTube videos. How was this for you guys? on a personal level all of a sudden you're getting all these followers like I know it was a crazy feeling but did you also have this responsibility that you didn't feel before I think it was so positive in the beginning that literally it was like cool I can literally say anything and people like love it with the first one we knew that we we're like wow we can really put up anything and not in like a let's be lazy and not think about it but it was just like people really wanted to watch that one we titled it how to straighten out of control hair and Megan straightened half of Jocelyn's head did not give any tips and then it was like taking too long because Jocelyn has very curly thick hair and I'm like guys we don't have time to we have three more episodes to film and then it was like well you get the point I think that's it for today and then it ended and it was literally got a million views in less than a week and we're like what's going on I think for me you know it was I weird because we're in an office too. yeah I it's was different than for most YouTubers for both of us we were like already adults 
months at that point. I mean, I was probably like around 30 at the time. I had already been doing YouTube since like the dark ages. I had a strong understanding of how it all worked and how it was growing. And I think for me, it was really exciting just to have a new challenge and something new to do. And also it was really the beginning of that moment where I'll never forget the month that Bethany Moda, who is one of the original like guru DIY people on YouTube, she was a teenager. She was on the cover of, I think, Teen Vogue magazine. And she also got cast on Dancing with the Stars. And I can remember sitting in my office being like, all these people who said digital is not a thing, computers are fake. It's just like, you know, flash in the pan. I'm like, this is happening now. Like, you know, digital is really starting to take over and come into his own is happening. So it's just exciting to be a part of that. And I think I was already like careful about what I put out there. The problem with YouTubers now a lot of the time and not problem, but like the problem that they personally have is that people are getting like canceled because stuff from like 10 years ago is popping up. I don't really want to know what's on my Facebook from college. It's definitely not anything racist or weird or anything like that because I wasn't saying that like anyway. Like bong moment, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, it was like probably some alcohol related things. But like, I don't know what I said when I was 13, but I don't have to worry about that because there wasn't Snapchat when I was 13. People are documenting everything. Like... You upload something for five minutes and delete it. Guess what? A thousand people have already screenshotted it. So I do think it comes with a big responsibility that it wasn't as much of a shock for because we weren't being out of control to begin with. And you were. And you already. made a good point, too. We worked for a company, so the stakes for us were totally different. We knew that we weren't allowed this to is say not my things. personal channel. Clever Style definitely That's was a true. channel that was That's about us. But we knew that we were employees and we had people to answer to yeah. and the stakes were high. If we screw up, all these people get affected. If we get canceled, the staff gets canceled. Mm -hmm. and it was just different. It was a lot different than what you go through as a solo creator. One on the note of just like being in an office, we were going in for our job every day. A lot of people, when they start to blow up on YouTube, that might not be their real job all the time or their kids. So they're like literally like... I couldn't imagine growing and suddenly having thousand followers while you're in high school. And then like either I feel like that would make people think you're cool or they would like hate you, hate you yeah. for it. Then there's people in college. Like if that was your demo, I think that would really interfere with your life. We would get really excited when we're seeing followers and views and stuff, but it was like very much numbers. And I think until we started going and like having meet and greets once in a while, that was when it really made it real. But otherwise it's like cool success. I attribute the numbers with success, but it was hard to put them to faces when literally we just go into an office just and put our heads other. down and go to work. If we go to like forever 21 or like the target beauty section or like there's a few other places I feel like we always will meet people. That's awesome. And I love it, but it was not something that was like interfering with definitely not something that was like interfering with my life. It was like a nice surprise if it happened yeah. once in a while, even now it's not, especially I think since we're in LA, people aren't like super on the hunt to like look around for people all the time. Or I'm just very unapproachable. I think Jocelyn gets stopped more than I do. But it's like only in the very specific, it's like at a mall in a Forever 21 or like at the movies or somewhere where, or like a theme park or something. But I love it. I mean, honestly, the only reason that we're sitting here right now is because of those people. And anyone who doesn't realize that they should be as generous as they're capable of, and some people are not capable of it, it's just too much for them. We owe a lot to those people. Mm -hmm. Those views are real people watching, and you better be grateful. And I know I am, and I try to like always be conscious of that when, when I meet people, because what would I be doing otherwise? Sure. I literally have no idea. Which I think is interesting that now it's always like kids' number one career choice is YouTuber. Oh my. Oh my gosh. Literally ask anyone I went to high school with, middle school with even, what did Lily want to do? 
make videos or be some kind of a filmmaker. Jocelyn, I know, wanted to get into hard news, but I'm sure she was still like, it's Jocelyn. Live, it makes sense that Jocelyn would have... WTTG. You're hired. <laughs> but it would have made sense that Jocelyn would want to be like an on-air host. A lot of people are like, I want to be a YouTuber. I'm like, do you like producing videos? Do you like editing them? And no, not all YouTubers edit their videos, but you can't start and have a whole team of people that did, like, I think there's a disconnect with what, what it actually requires to execute and just like what being it looks a con like. on screen mm -hmm. meeting fans. And we were talking about that actually before we went on air. Also, there's a lot of misconceptions that go with YouTubers or influencers or bloggers or bloggers. A lot of people think this job is like the easiest thing ever. You turn on your camera and all of a sudden you have millions of views. Obviously your journey was a little different because you guys had Clever as a springboard and now you guys are both doing your own content. How has that transition been for you guys? And how do you decide what your brand is? I know oh that's a loaded gosh. question, um, but- no, and that's a tough question. And like, I've only had my channel now for six months, but I think after doing this for so long, I put in the work, but like my expectations are within reason and realistic. And I don't think you can be too precious. Like anytime I do a video, I'm like, I'm proud of this and I think it's cool and I like it, but like other people might not. And I think that's kind of what finding your brand and your niche is about. When people ask me like, Ooh, you launched your channel. What's your brand? I'm like, well, um, it's six months old, so it's still a baby. It's still trying to learn how to crawl. Also, my brand is just me and where I'm at in my life right now. But I think if you're trying to build a legitimate business, which this is not a hobby for me, this is my job, I think you have to look at patterns of what viewers want to see from you and then think about, okay, how can I take this curly hair journey I'm on and turn it into a product line? Or how can I expand and diversify beyond YouTube? Those are like the people like the Shane Dawson's who, as an individual creator, are not just surviving but literally thriving because they have diversified the type of content they're doing on YouTube and also what they're doing as a business in general. So when people talk about like, oh, this is such an easy thing to do, for some people it might be, but I think when you're trying to build something that's a little bit more sophisticated, it's not. And going from having this amazing team at Clever of like 30 people, one person who literally just makes thumbnails to now, like I was, <laughs> Chris, my fiance was like, Jaws, what are you doing? And I was sitting at my laptop in the morning typing an email and I didn't realize I was fully talking out loud to myself and he's like what are you doing and I was like oh I'm just having a business meeting this is my team just myself and we're talking <laughs> about what we're gonna do today and that's like what it is now so it's a matter of like figuring out how to grow when to hire people it goes so far beyond the shoot like sitting down for a Q&A or making a video it's all the pre-production post-production and I love that stuff. And so it's been really, really fun. And as sad as it was when like we had that transitional moment, you know, when Clever, our parent company fell apart, it's honestly the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I can say that now having some time away from it because it pushed me forward in a way that would have taken me a lot longer to do. I'm really grateful. And I think that's one of the most awkward questions. Like, oh, so what's your YouTube channel about? I'm like, what are you... Literally, what answer are you expecting me to give? It's about like cell phones. Like I don't like it's about me. I don't know. Like it's stuff I'm doing. But, but I guess it could be, be fair, beauty or yeah. like tech related. But mine's pretty much just like, hey, this is what I think would be entertaining. And I feel like that's kind of a lot what YouTube is right now. It's less of like premium shows that are going up. And I feel like it's almost reverted back to like people just want to see you talking in front of your camera because they want authenticity because I feel like that's how it used to be. And then it kind of got away from it. And now it's starting to get back where you don't necessarily need like crazy shock factor to get views like lighting mattresses on fire and throwing them in pools. <laughs> exactly. And I think the thing that Lily and I have that 
is like really kind of awesome that we understand the business and we know how to make branded content. So for both of us, we've been even in the early stages, like my channel, I've only had it for six months, but I've done a decent amount of branded content because we understand how to make it and like how to integrate it and how to make it seem like it makes sense, not like totally weird video. Truthfully, like AdSense is awesome and I'm so grateful for it. I'll never turn down that check, but the money is mostly in that branded kind of content. Yeah, I definitely don't rely on AdSense at all. I almost kind of forget about it. Well, for people who don't know what AdSense is. AdSense is what Google is paying you for the ads that are running on your video. They're making a very large percentage of it, but then you're getting a percentage of it as well. So I think you can find out if you like dig in the analytics what the whole video is making. If you're getting hundreds of thousands of views on a video and making several videos a month, you can make a decent living, I think. And that's why when you see, sometimes people will complain like, why are there so many ad breaks in this video? It's mm -hmm, like, cause that's how that person's paying the rent. You know, I gotta pay my rent. So and are you, you choosing where the ads go? You can, there's a new feature that has YouTube kind of automatically pick, but for me, it doesn't always put them then. And I'm like, well, yeah, gotta add those. Yeah, so like, you'll see some people, there'll be a 20 minute video and they have like 15 ad breaks. That's too much. Like, like you have rude. to maintain your that audience. Your, Who wants to watch that? Is that too your discretion if you want to have no ads on your video mm -hmm. yes yes i recently worked with a brand that for the first month of the video being up i cannot run google adsense on it because their concept is they want people to see their integration and, and see it. as much of the video mm -hmm. and just really have an enjoyable experience but i can go back in in a month and add all the ads i want and your your video just needs to be at the 10 minute mark for you to add more than one Mm -hmm. So if you once you hit 10 minutes, you could be like 15. Oh, I've ton. seen so many videos it's, where it's like insane. every one minute no. there's mm -hmm. an ad and you're just like, whoa, exactly. it's almost it's almost offensive. Yeah. I think it is. I mean, you're trying I to build an audience. There's a balance, though, because we have to expect our creators to eat and pay rent and, and make uh, money. One of my favorite things is I get comments sometimes. It's like, Lily, I love you so much. I'll leave your playlist on while I'm sleeping. So it'll play through all of the ads. That's so like, sweet. Oh, I don't deserve you. <laughs> Do you guys not make as much money if they skip the ad? It, we have no idea what the breakdown is, but it's like if they watch the whole thing, if they skip it, if they click on it, if they actually buy what it's selling, there's a whole variation. Of and there things. are like you can look at the interface on YouTube. This is the amount of money you made off of skippable ads. This is the amount mm. of money you made off of premium ads. So they do break it down, but we do share the money with Google. So at the end of the day, it's you know, it takes a while to kind of figure out the whole system. So to your point, if you're making chunks of money, it's coming from Nair asking you to do a branded For example, video. I just did one in a video that I actually, it's one of my favorite ones that I've made probably because they gave me so much freedom to kind of do whatever I want. I've been suffering from back injury, which has affected my AdSense because I can't be consistent with anything because I can't sit at a desk to edit. But I got a couple brand deals, which has made it so much less stressful that I can focus on what I will want the channel to be once I'm fully recovered. But I did one for Joy, which is a new brand of razor. Gillette owns it. But their whole branding is very like towards millennial. And it's like, shave and get on with your day kind of thing. And I was like, I, like, I read their brief and I'm like, can I start using this as my bio? Because this is perfect. I like intro the video. I introduced the sponsorship. And then I I did a day in my life, but it wasn't like my morning routine. It was like a narrated kind of stylized thing about more dealing with my chronic pain. They wanted to focus on the small wins. So that was their only pitch. So I turned that into a day in my life. And then one of my small wins was like actually being able to shower and get out of bed and like 
do stuff. So it was like a little sad and deep at certain points. But it was real. It turned out really real. And everyone's like, oh, my God, I didn't even realize this was an ad. This was my favorite video you've ever done. Well, because they're also following your journey and they know like you're very transparent with your audience. And Mm -hmm. you're like, my back hurts. I can't get up. I'm going to the chiropractor. So for you to do that brand deal was really authentic. And then to see that we're at a point that they can see it's a brand deal. No, I'm making money off of it, but still appreciate it was like very nice. And like, I feel like that's where the digital space is going. And even with that comment that people leave, they're like, I'm watching all of your ads and not skipping them. Like they're starting to realize that that is how people are making money. And you can't just make videos in your apartment if no one's watching them or paying for them. Do you guys feel a responsibility to be really picky with the brands? Because I know some people will just take any brand deal. You know, for example, and I feel comfortable talking about it because I've been really transparent with all of these companies honestly is that i have a female audience on youtube that's 96 percent female 18 to 30 for me it's super important that women can finally and men and people can finally just freaking be happy with who they are i know that's a base level thing to say but like it's so important and that is what we need to do in 2019 so there's many tea brands on the market that are all about weight loss and i don't want to have anything to do with that i don't want to promote weight loss i say no thank you if anyone ever wants to promote health well-being joy i'm here for it but that's like an example of a company or a type of company that has a lot of money to spend. I'm so proud to hear that people are turning. They have a lot of money too. Because well, also I think there's some things that like, oh, that doesn't want, like people promote things they don't really know anything about, which it might not be a bad product, but they're just doing it because they're getting paid. I think that's one level. Then there's a level of like the tease where it's, dancers promoting a flat tummy tea and i'm like something tells me the dancing was what gave you the flat Your tummy. six pack was not already the there tea. what exactly. are you talking about but then i think on top of that i have situations where the product i'm sure is lovely i notoriously can only drink beer for the most part because i'm allergic to hard alcohol and wine makes me sick as well so i have a wine brand reach out i'm sure the wine is lovely but i literally have to respond and go I'm so sorry. I would love to do this. Or I got a non-alcoholic beer one time. And I have to respond and go, not one person that follows me would ever believe that this is something that I'm actually drinking. So as much as I would love to take your money, I just can't. I think for every time you turn one down, something better is coming your way. Anyways. We're also just really bad at lying. So that doesn't really fit <laughs> into like our lifestyles. i liar ever. I'd be like, I love this wine that I'm like, see it pouring behind me. Or like, for example, I mean, we all know that like I'm a very healthy person. I like a healthy lifestyle and healthy food. And I did work once with a fast food brand, but it was only because they were like sort of unleashing this new healthy product that I was like, I can authentically get behind this because this is something I can endorse that people will believe. If I was just like, hey, guys, let's like eat a bunch of onion rings and dip them in ranch. People probably would not respond well at all to that. It would just be like cancellation. of Those are the ones that I would do. That's what Lily (laughs) would take. If I'm ever working with any kind of agency or like. What kind of brands, like, should, anything I should know? I'm like, I only drink beer. I eat, don't eat a lot of healthy foods. So, like, I've even said, no, Thrive Market, I'm sure is absolutely oh, amazing. And I'm sure there's actually stuff I could buy there. But I'm not using Thrive Market. I'm going to Ralph's and using Instacart and stuff because I'm not buying organic I am kale. using Thrive Market. Hashtag, yes, they've spawned me. And I loved every moment. Thank you very much. <laughs> But yeah, I think it's so important. And brands are starting to come around to that too. You know, I've talked on a lot of like industry panels just as like a digital expert. And my advice to brands, companies, agencies is like, if I'm vetting you as an influencer and I'm like, oh, that's not going to work for me. You better be doing the same thing. Don't come to someone like Lily and be like, will you promote my quinoa? Like she does not like quinoa (laughs) and everyone knows that. Look for the people who authentically make sense for your brand. And and that you want to work with. Again, we're all about like, we've worked with like pop chips, for example. 
they're a brand that we've worked with numerous times because we have a great relationship with them and we actually love pop chips. So like, why wouldn't you want to keep working with the same people to build that kind of ambassadorship to show that we actually really do endorse the product rather than like a one-off that they hope does well. Have you focused mostly on work for your social media? Is there a certain, I don't know, like, like a barrier. guide that you, you have for yourselves? Mm-hmm. Because also there's the whole question of work-life balance. When you guys are hanging out, you're both friends. You're on each other's social media all the time. Do you see it as collaboration? Do you see it as Lily's at my house? We're best friends. There's so many places that you guys have to set boundaries. I would say I have the grandma boundary. If I'm cool with my grandma seeing this, I'll put it out there. It can be sexy, but like grandma sexy. Or it can be like edgy, but grandma edgy. Mm -hmm. That's my boundary. That is what I actually think about before I post something. And then I have some friends who like don't want to be on my social media. And I I always ask before I tag people. I try to be conscious of that. I would absolutely never post someone's child without asking them. I think that's base level. And what I've always said after doing this for so long is like, you can share a lot without sharing everything. Mm -hmm. Like for example, when Chris and I, um, my fiance, when we started dating, I didn't post about him for literally over a year. And that same theme has played out in various aspects of my personal life with Things I have not talked about that I'm considering talking about in the future, but I'm not ready yet. So when in doubt, Katy Perry said she writes a draft of a tweet, holds on to it overnight and decides the next day if she wants to send it. And I think that's really great advice. And I think for us personally, at this point, I like don't even we're just With like, us, it's, it's different. Like yeah. a sister relationship. So it's like it's hard to also answer with even posting like ads versus personal stuff for because for me the last seven months has been like overtaken by my back stuff that like I'm not doing a whole lot even in videos I feel like some people I'll post that I'm drinking in videos and I'll get comments I'm not posting videos more than once or twice a week basically people will see something they're like oh my god you're drinking all the time and I'm like no I'm actually never doing anything and that was like the one video I filmed and my back was hurting so I had a beer to make it feel a little better but in general like she's very in tune with like if I can't do something and we're just very understanding if one person has to cancel because we're also very reliable normally i think even when we're hanging out there's no reason why we shouldn't film some content why not might as well get some work done too but i wouldn't even instagram and stuff i wouldn't consider work if we're like doing like stories of each other that's just like we're documenting us being friends we will plan to like do a video, but honestly, even when we film videos together, I feel like we're just hanging out. Yeah, because I think a lot of people see all these collaborations on YouTube. It feels like, okay, there's certain groups of people that always work together. Mm-hmm. And there's a question of, are they actually friends? Or is this like a, oh, when you are on my channel, I get a lot of views. I know for a fact, because I know both of you personally, that you're actually best friends. And so I don't question that. But do you guys ever think about that yeah absolutely because if you ask someone to be in a video and especially because we didn't launch our channels too long ago that it is good to have people on because especially because people might already know who we are but they don't necessarily know that we have a channel if then we're on our friend's channel that has a bunch of subscribers it's not even like they're introducing us it's like oh she has a channel now i didn't even realize that and then they'll go over but like for example my friend jesse smiles Jesse Vasquez is her real name, but Jesse Smiles is her online name. She came over and we filmed a couple of videos and we were going to do two for mine and one for hers. And then we were drinking and at the end of it. We we're like, oh, we don't want to film another video. We just wanted to hang out. She was like, eh, whatever. We got some for yours. Like, I don't care. We don't need to film one for mine. I put mine up with her and it's the best performing videos on my channel in a while. I hadn't been uploading because my back. I get a bunch of subscribers. And I literally text her. I was like, 
thank you so much and help my channel she was like dude don't thank me like uh, literally what yeah and like that's the kind of thing is like you can't overthink it if you are actually friends but i do think there's certain relationships you have with people where you know it's beneficial to both of you if you film but that doesn't mean when you're filming you're not hanging out too usually i feel like the stuff we're doing on our channels you want there to be that natural chemistry and without it i don't the video wouldn't be good but i have no problem like i slide into people's dms constantly i'm like oh my gosh i love you so like a great <laughs> example of recently is that there's this girl she's freaking blowing up on youtube shout out to sierra schultze i've become obsessed with her she makes fashion content that's inclusive it's so good it is and i just reached out to her and i was like hey i love your channel you are killing it like keep it up and she responded she's like oh my gosh thank you so much we just started chatting she's like i'm gonna be in la let's get lunch so we became friends then i'm like listen if you ever want to do a video on my channel i would love to work with you i think you're so awesome and she's like well let's do one for my channel too but it really started out from just like a friendship sort of thing even though it was a digital thing and we joke all the time that there should be I mean, we should do a show about like the friends I met on the internet. Oh, because I literally have a show that I want to do called We Met Online because I was at dinner, not even dinner, we were at drinks and it was before all the Clever stuff happened because I ended up quitting Clever right before all the bankruptcy and mm -hmm. stuff happened with Defy and it was just a pure coincidence. But I had been trying to think about doing that for a while, but I had been stuck in a contract. So I had reached out. I had met her already, but reached out to see if Grace Helbig would get drinks with me because she was in a similar situation. So we get drinks. We're having this very intense discussion. We're at Barney's Beanery for like three hours. And these guys keep coming over and like bothering us. And we're like, we're trying to have a discussion. Like, please leave us alone. And he's going like, so when'd you guys met and he had already kind of I think thought we were maybe on a date or something and we because we were just like leaned in having a very intense discussion and then we both kind of like we met online and, and then, so then you're definitely on a date yeah but in general I think that we do have this awesome opportunity that's like if you see someone especially for me if I see someone that I like not only their personality but the kind of content they're creating and I think that we could work together I want to befriend them just because I appreciate what they're doing and then if we can work together then that's a plus I think there's a lot of people that place. you want to just be friends with too I would never reach I mean, out to we someone have, we're very openly like fangirls and like oh L Mills. Uh, like we love cheering people on like L Mills who's an amazing amazing youtuber from canada she's a perfect we, example we've never even done a video with her yeah, but we've hung out there we've several hung times. out and she is so talented and we met thanks to that twitter verified tab you know when we were just blowing her up because she's so talented and we want people to know who she is i just think it all has to come from that place of like there are some YouTubers, like, it just wouldn't make sense for me. Like, the people who are burning mattresses, like, unless but, I was their mom and I was, like, grounding them or something, that I, we were going to collapse. There has to be some kind of mutual respect and admiration for what the other person is doing, I think, to collab. But then also, I think there should be a friendship because otherwise, why are you bothering it? But, I mean, do you guys think that there are some strategic, we're not even friends, we're not even dating, let's pretend? I think a perfect example that I don't even feel like is a bad talk about because they're publicizing it this way is Jake and Tana. Is that real? I don't know, but I we watched thought it was fake and, and now it kind of seems real. I, I thought like, it was fake, I never really, but now I think like, it's real. I never watched any Jake Paul content before. I think Tana can be problematic, but I also think she's very funny, and I think, I think she's, she's much hilarious. smarter than she comes across. And oh, yeah. I watch her in his videos, and I'm like, oh my God, she makes him funny. I've been watching. I've been keeping tabs because we're going to have Tana on the show, too. Oh and my I just gosh. Tell her she's we say amazing. Hi, we love her. Yeah, she she's is somebody open. who is so open. She's been authentic since day one. She is unapologetic. by the way. She's yeah. a very sweet person. And, and, yeah. And then all of a sudden, to me, I couldn't put two people in more separate boxes. And all of a sudden, they're in the same box. And I'm but questioning that. But it's because he needed to redeem himself because it's Jake Paul. Then she just had the breakup with her boyfriend. And she just wanted to be like, 
stick it to him. And then also just... Mm. She titled one of her videos, My Rebound yeah. Jake. Literally. So it started, I think, as a joke. And then he, I, yeah. think, I don't think they're like in a very serious relationship, but I think that they're like hanging out and having fun. I, if, I love both, the YouTube world. I mean, so there funny. is... It is like a reality show. It's like real world or like road rules for this generation. But you guys have done a good job of steering clear of the drums. I don't, we talk about this. Try. How do you have time? It's their business. They almost yep. have to have the drama to have views. And I don't want to name names because some of these people are going to be on the show. The second they had a crazy drama, I knew who they were. Mm -hmm. And you guys have remained relevant and consistent and not really had any drama. I don't drama. like drama. Yeah, I don't I like like drama. Neither of us. just thinking about it. I'm literally, like, no. I, like, I've gotten in a fight with someone before and literally threw up for two days because I like can't handle it. Like, I, I'm the confrontation same. is my worst nightmare. And just feeling like someone is like mad at me or if I did something wrong. It's not our brand. Yeah, but there, but there is a brand I wouldn't want for it. To be, I wouldn't want someone to know my name because of something negative. But it's crazy because these people are getting payoffs. I mean, look at what happened with James Charles and Tati Westbrook. Like the second she confused. did that video, she gained a bunch of followers. Then he lost a bunch. And then he did a video and then he gained a bunch. I mean, we were talking about it with Gabby and she was just like, it's crazy because everything that happens, people are so wishy-washy. And it was interesting for me to hear her perspective saying that the viewers were wishy-washy because they've been wishy-washy with her too. I've never witnessed that with anybody from no Clever. One has. I, I think mean, that, that people crazy. really build their brands in this certain light. It's like, this is my brand. It's not necessarily who they are. I don't think it's a fake version of who they are, but it's a very singular version of who they are. Mm -hmm. I think we've been pretty good at giving kind of an all-encompassing view of what we're like that this is a good example. I had someone tweet, I'll get really random and it's never very often, but someone will tweet as if they saw me somewhere and some, like about some altercation we had. And I read to it because it's always so ridiculous. It was, I just went to In-N-Out and saw Lily eating in her car and went up to say hi. And she, she rolled off. up the window and flipped me off. And I was like, you're like, what? first of all, first I'm of in all. Canada. <laughs> Lily is the sweetest, like non-confrontational person on planet Earth. The first thing I would do if someone came and knocked on my window would start have, be having a panic You'd attack. You'd have anxiety. Someone's going to break into my car. Yeah. So I retweeted and I said, sounds super legit. Every single person responds. They're like, are you kidding? Like, do you know who the, like, so we've built this like brand of ourselves that's actually true. Like no one would assume that I would do something like that. So I don't have to worry about someone saying that I would and everyone believing them. I think there's certain YouTubers where maybe they've engaged in behavior in the past where it makes it easier for someone to, to switch that. their opinion on them. Exactly. I want to quickly touch on, we said there's no drums and even in a situation, and this will just very lightly touch on it because I know a lot of people are still wondering like, what's the current status of both of you mm -hmm. with Clever, the brand that, you know, made you both household names. What is high level, the current status with where you guys both stand with Clever? We have very similar contracts with Clever. So Clever sold to Hearst, which is a great, huge media company in the female space specifically, which is an awesome fit for Clever. And during that process, we both signed deals to work for five days total, not like five days a month, but five days total. And over the course of three over months. Over the course of three months as talent only. So I'm not producing anything. I'm not participating in anything really involving sales or behind the scenes strictly like I go in and I'm talent that's pretty much where it stands right now I have one day left 
80% done with my contract. So maybe by the time this airs, I'll be finished. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much where it stands now. There's really nothing but like positive vibes for Clever. I mean, I literally have spent over the last decade of my life working on that brand. And I am so proud of what we built. And I will, regardless of what my involvement in the future is, I will never stop cheering. Yeah, I think totally same. I think for me, I had left earlier, but had already planned on staying on freelance as talent. And a lot of people are like, oh, so you're still there all the time. You're still going in. It's very, very different because I was coming up with a lot of the videos. I was editing a lot of the videos. I was still making a lot of thumbnails even at a certain point. So I love the brand. I want it to survive, but I couldn't keep putting so much of myself into it with the opportunity to be able to do that for myself, too. I'm like, I want to put that kind of energy into building something that is mine but I'm like, it's if I can really, still come in and be on yeah, and shows I, I and hang out with my friends, then absolutely. Like my main takeaway is I have no regrets. I loved what I've learned and done for the last decade. But I would like to make Lily rich and not someone who already is rich, more rich. That is also like a piece rich, of it. Too. I'm super, super excited to share with the world <gasps> that you guys have a really exciting venture coming up together. That is a departure from what you've done in the past well, while still... <laughs> Well, it's you're still building yes. your own stuff on your own channels, but now you're going to help build other people up. So we started a new company. Yay! It's called Shared Media. We're launching with two YouTube channels, one of which will focus on like the intersection of pop culture and internet news, and the other will basically be launched as Lily and I's collab channel. It's called the Shared Channel. The other piece of the business that I'm personally really passionate and excited about is that we are going to be creating a talent incubator and mentorship program for people who are really in the game and committed to it and just need that little extra bit of help, that little extra push. It's not a multi-channel network. There's a different way that we're going to scale that side of the business. I know that's like a lot of big words. Truthfully and honestly, I am so committed to helping people not have to deal with some of the BS that we've had to go through. And also we're just excited to make new content together and with the team that we're putting together. And I think they're really amazing people. That being said, we're still super, super focused on other endeavors, including our personal channels and other projects. Well, you're moguls. We're trying you to have build to. an empire. Yeah. So, I mean, to start out, it's not going to be like, oh my God, uploads every single day and we're doing everything because we do still need to do our own stuff as well. But I think we're launching planning. It's already started at this point, but yep. our plan is to launch with about two videos on our shared channel week and then on shared news a little bit more, a little more daily. Mm -hmm. I feel like Clever, one of the beauties was we got to like have our friends in once in a while to do stuff, but to have it be in a like more official capacity it always felt like it was a lot of paperwork a lot of approvals there were so many people involved so we're excited to like we already have an office so we and a like, studio yeah beautiful so, oh and oh my god we're so rude we didn't even mention that also involved is George Maldonado, Jorge. The, Jorge Maldonado, the man with the garage. Yes. We're back together. The gang's back together. Also on our team is Lisa Heiser, who's one of the original people from Clever. She's one of the smartest people I know. We used to um, share an office that was like a closet for five years. There are two other people on staff, Renee, Ariel, and Fiona Zaring, who will be helping with our news operation. They're so so talented and promising and they have so much potential. So we're just excited it's to build be something new. Fun to go back to more of like a run and gun kind of like, this is a good idea. Let's do it. And then everyone's like, yeah, do it. Like you don't have to like get anyone to sign off. We wear the pants now unless oh, yeah. we wear skirts, which is also fine. <laughs> or a skirt. Or a skirt if I'm feeling crazy. Or no <laughs> pants at all. Ooh, even better. 
better. <laughs> we need the poo. I mean, there's so many takeaways from this interview, but I think the biggest thing that like just kept coming up was authenticity and you guys connect with your fans and you have a lot of engagement and people who are going to follow every single thing that you guys do. You've been so consistent from the very beginning. You've been consistent with who you are authentically. And now you guys are branching off and doing your own thing, which is so exciting, but also you're going to help other people do their thing, which is also very much on brand with both of your personalities. So I'm so excited to continue to stalk you as a friend because I'm allowed to. Um, you better be like, yeah, too. <laughs> you guys have to come back when you have new things. I feel like it's constantly going to happen with you guys. Hopefully, fingers crossed. You've beat all the odds. I feel like you and Smosh yeah. are in your own lane of beating all the odds when it comes to YouTube. Not a fad. You guys are here to stay and... <laughs> constantly evolving and growing and changing from like twilight to makeup to wedding dress trying yeah, on and it's crazy you know thank um, you for having us on. Congratulations on your show on your life on Your're your baby. kindness who you are as a person i'm your biggest fan uh, same and the fact that you are able to maintain all of this while having a successful relationship oh. a beautiful home and a dog named teddy slash santa perhaps <sighs> I, his name is, is santa I, I have established that is my favorite I'm sorry, also every day that i come in here i'm like is today the day that my water breaks on air <gasps> Ooh, i'm ready that would, be, that would make for a great show great content i'm Riveting. ready and willing to deliver your child <laughs> oh my god what don't you do she fainted when she saw her <laughs> see guys we literally don't know how to stop talking no i'm sorry we need to leave sorry. Yeah, we gotta sorry, go sorry. bye see bye. you next time see ya <laughs> behind the influence is a production of iHeartRadio and tdc media this is malcolm gladwell from revisionist history ebay motors is here for the ride with some elbow grease fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.